I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in to Players Only with Chiefs Radio Network color analyst Danon Hughes. Excellent throw and catch, just gets inside, uses his big body. No answer for number 87. And former NFL linebacker Joe Mays. Mays missed him first. And in typical North Dakota State toughness, Mays got up and stayed with it and got Newton from behind. Players Only, presented by U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. What's going on, everybody? Chiefs Kingdom. We are here again. They allowed us back in the studio. Players only. Mm-hmm. Again, I got my man Joe Mays here. What's Joe. happening? What's happening? We got a straggler we picked up on the highway. <laughs> Sean Barber, what's going on? Hey, man, come on, man. You always talk about me straggling on the highway, man. <laughs> hey, well, you, we got to mess with you, man. You missed the whole year with us. Hey, you like Steve Martin in the jerk. You out there with a chair, a lamp. You got your dog. Hey, man, Shawnee Mission Parkway is kind of busy around this time, so I'm glad y'all let me come on in, dog. Let, let, let a brother in. Mm-hmm. And I am Danon Hughes, and we are players only. And we just talk about the players' perspective and all that's going on, not just in the NFL, but in the sports world as well. And we are sponsored by our friends at U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. Man, this has been a big week, guys. Yeah. A lot's been going on. I think for me, I'm kind of in a, a great haven right now because we get to talk on this broadcast for the next hour, and I get to watch baseball on the monitors here with the Oakland A's and the Chicago White Sox. You guys know I'm a baseball guy first and foremost. This football thing, you it's a barbaric sport <laughs> with you guys, how you guys play it. Baseball is just, you know, just so much finesse. So it's just genuine. So much finesse you know. and a snooze fest. <laughs> <laughs> but I love my baseball, man, so I'm in heaven right now. But we do have to take some time up to talk about this Chiefs-Ravens recap. I yeah. mean, this was a, a great, great week, I think, for the season and very telling for this organization. Yeah, man, I I, I think that um, the Chiefs, they really came out and they dominated. But not only that, they dominated on both sides of the ball. I mean, granted, they gave up the touchdown on special teams, and that's going to get fixed. Um, but I, I don't remember seeing a Chiefs team where they dominated on both sides of the ball like they did. And as far as, you know, being able to, to play well against a, a top offensive team like the Baltimore Ravens, I can't remember the time that I've seen a Chiefs defense dominate, I would say, a top five offense the way that they did. I mean – you know, of course, they gave up. They gave up 150 rushing yards, which 
you know, you kind of pick your poison when you're playing against the Ravens. They are one of the top rushing teams in the league. But at the same time, they, they held them – I believe they held them at or around like 250 yards total. Um, and for them to come out and, and be able to establish themselves on defense, play physical, play fast – and, uh, you know, continue to get the ball in the offense hands and the offense, you know, they, they put up a ton of points on the board. I think that's something that speaks volumes on what, you know, Casey is going to be, what, what they're going to do for the rest of the year. Well, I mean, one thing is when I look at the game, I always look at where, where were the room for improvement, right? If you look at the room for improvement, I think defensively we still saw a lot of areas where um, some missed tackling, some, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, especially on that first series, right? The, the Ravens went down the field. We had linebackers. We, we, we see guards pull one way and linebackers went with the running back. Yep. That was something from a linebacker's mind. I was like, oh, Lord, if we're going to do this all day, it's going to be a long day. Yeah, yeah. They, they corrected that after the first series. So it was, it was it was just a comfort level of not being overly reactive to anything we saw in the first series. Let's find out how the Ravens are going to attack us. Let's find out philosophy of, of what they're running back, downhill, point of attack, Okay, now let's contain that. Let's play our defense. Let's play them tight. Let's make plays with the guys up front. Get the ball out of the quarterback's hand. Make sure we force them to the left side every time we can to make them throw against the grain. And that that, that defense uh, philosophy kind of just put our offense in position just to take advantage of what they was going to see, which was going to be an in-your-face, man-to-man, high-pressure, and Pat just invited the blitz in every down. Every, every, every time. Th- come on, come on. I know y'all coming. It don't matter where you're coming. <laughs> every time. I know you're coming, and I'm going to make you pay. And he made them pay every time. You know, you know what's great and what I love about this show is that we get, what, five minutes into it, and we're breaking – the game down in a different way than most fans probably see it. And that's the genesis and the reason why we're so blessed to be able to be on the air and be able to talk about football and our shows called players only, because I guarantee, and I'm looking at the text line now, by the way, text line is open 913-576-7610. I'm looking at the text line and they're just, you know, they're talking about the offense being great and how feared this team is by the Ravens and so on. But there's so much more. There's so many more levels. Like just in what you guys are just talking about off the cuff is so much deeper than what a lot of people watch the game. And I don't, it's not that we're watching the game as a better person. And we've said this in the past, we just see it from a different lens. I mean, there's people out there that will look at the stock market and watch uh, you know, television and the ticker go across with with all the stocks up and down, and they see that differently than us. Right. I so we see football differently, and and barbershop, you both of you guys hit the nail on the head with how this team was prepared. I believe that the Chargers game was an anomaly because it was the first time that they had played in front of nobody, and and people will talk about that in the, in the next segment more. But the people don't realize how much of an impact that is to play in front of no fans at all. But you got to give credit to the Chiefs, and I and I'll go back to Barbershop. Your your comment. The first thing you looked at was how did we get better, or where did we need to improve? Yeah. That's that's the mindset of a player. Is that okay? Yeah, the scoreboard tell might tell some tale, and you know there's a lot of fans around the Chiefs kingdom that are cheering and loving. You're blowing out the Ravens. They're supposed to be the kryptonite to, to the Chiefs this year, mm-hmm. when they, and that was not accomplished. But we're seeing it as, okay, 517 yards of offense against what's supposed to be the next greatest defense since the 2001 Ravens and the 85 Bears. Yeah. 517 yards. 73 plays ran against that defense. 
and only giving up 228 yards. So, I mean, you're talking about, and the biggest factor, I think, no sacks. No sacks. No sacks against that defense, given the the rough patch that they went through in Los Angeles last week against mm-hmm. the Chargers. To me, when Barbershop, you're talking about, okay, how where do we need to get better? That's the question we asked after the Charger game, and that's the question that was answered in this Ravens game against a better overall team that I think nobody would argue. Oh, absolutely. So what? So the question is now, how can they get better from this game? So what are the you know, I, I know you talked about the tackling, but at the end of the day, when you look at the stats and you look at the scoreboard, they really dominated the game. Like, it's not very many things that they can do to get – I mean, of course they can get better. You can be yeah. better every single game, individually and as a team. But what is, what, what's what's something else that they would have to work on besides the tackling, which, you know, will come as the season pro- progresses. It's all, you always start off a little bit slow, mm-hmm. a little bit rusty because you're, you're playing full speed, and then also not having that – uh, the fans in, in the stands and not having a home field advantage or not having anyone booing you that you can kind of collect that energy from. So what else can they get better? Yeah. How, how can they get better? Well, I think defensively you just got to realize, like, from a personnel standpoint, you know, we're going to be missing Brashad another week and we, we're going to go at home without uh, Ladarius Sneed because he has that broken clavicle. So we we got a little bit thinner and we traded in a, a, a Legarius for a Darius now. Darius Harris is going to be added to the roster. So, but we, but we're getting younger, and yeah. we get, we're getting we're getting some youth there. And with youth comes the uh, the growing pains. It's yeah. a bell mm-hmm. curve of playing cornerback in the league. And we got some safeties that have a lot of experience. They can play. They're multiversal. They can play almost any position on the back end. And so we've been Huge. able to use our safeties um, as corners, as as slot corners, as uh, in the box safeties, as deep safeties, and. In, the one thing Coach Spags has always been able to do is he coaches guys to play the defensive back position. You're not coached to be a safety or a corner. When, when, the, when, the, when the defenses are put in, the philosophy of what we're trying to do, what your leverage needs to be, where your help is, how do you um, uh, play, and what is your mindset on this, on this defense, is told to everybody in the room just in case because of a certain formation yeah. shift, you're, you're put out of place. You still need to know how that position is, is functions and, and, and need to be able to do it at a high level. And I think that's probably what a, has allowed us, even through some cornerback, um, the cornerback position being so thin right now, yeah. to still be able to cover guys and be in position to make tackles and make plays. And yeah. Something else that allowed us too, you mentioned it with Spags, it's the coaching staff. These coaches have nothing but respect and they have nothing but uh, they, they believe in the players. So no matter whether you're a young guy, you're an older guy, you're a vet, you can step in and have that confidence to go out there and play well. So, I mean, of course, we get a little bit younger, and at the same time, they gain that experience. But also, you get a chance to see your coaches, you know, really do what, they, what they're paid to do. Yeah, I think you guys are nailing it. This this team is a really well-developed team. And, and I remember coming out of camp, the big word, and Mitch and I talk about it before the, the pregame shows and so on, on the broadcast is how versatile the defensive backfield is. And and Barbershop, you're talking about guys that, although they may not physically be able to line up wide and guard, you know, Julio Jones or or big-time receivers, mentally they recognize the techniques and the help and everything else. And that's what makes for a good unit, Mm -hmm. a very solid unit. You're seeing more and more confidence from Juan Thornhill at the safety position. You're seeing the young guys on the corners – they're recognizing, hey, we don't we don't need to disguise. We're just gonna line up in here and bump and run, 
and we're going to play our defense. And I know where my safety help is. I know how I can squeeze you to the sideline. I know my, my leverage positions, getting in your side pocket. You know, you saw Charverius Ward get back out there. He's got the one hand with the club on it, pushing the wide receiver to the sideline, turns his hip, turns his eyes, almost has an interception if he doesn't have a club on his hands. The technique and the trust is at a, is at a great level right now. But you're right, Joe. The great thing about this, and I always say it, you don't want to be the best team that you can be in week three. You want to still have room for improvement. Yep. And this team on special teams, I spoke to Dave Tobe today, and the special teams, he's like, hey, that was one bad play, 93-yard kickoff return. That's one bad play, all right? We can still get better. Yep. We recognize there's been times where there's been a little bit more of a push in the middle of the field goal extra point unit. And, and Harrison Bucker missed one field goal. He's missed uh, an extra point, I believe two extra points in two games. So there's room for improvement there as well. I like that. I mean, we're, we're talking about just beginning October football, and this team is not – they might be the best team in the NFL, but they're not the best that they can be. And flawless. I think that's yep. really cool. Yep. One of the things I know – I heard you say this earlier in the day um, when preparing for the Ravens game – you made an announcement to everybody that says, hey, man, when, when people are talking about the Chiefs offense, the one person they are overlooking is Sammy Watkins. You made the – and I got to – you know, I tip my hat off to you when you're right. You said Sammy Watkins was the most complete receiver on yeah. this team. And I was thinking to myself that no one else in Kansas City would, 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 would venture to believe that because we have Tyreek Hill who mm. is so electric, right? Yep. The cheetah speed, the versatility, the vertical jump, the what he can do to uh, – the stresses he can put on the defense – those stressors are great. They create some troubles. They create um, uh, systematically and fundamentally you have to be adjust to it. But when you're talking about man-to-man, mm-hmm. who do you not want to line up against? It's a grown man who can be fit. It's kind of like D.K. Metcalf when it comes yeah. to the Seattle yeah. Seahawks. Yep. Now, yeah, listen, Tyler, Kevin Lockett is my homeboy. I love Tyler like, like he's my own son. But when you talk about the guy on that, that offense that you have to worry about individually who you're going to line up against on our team, is Sammy Watkins because he's yeah. getting first down after first down yep. after first down, creating new sets of chains and keeps this offense on the field. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's a great first quarter. We got the first quarter over. We're going to come back in the second quarter, talk more about the COVID-19, the effect, and what we've seen just recently, the Titans-Steelers game being rescheduled and just the effect around the league. We'll do that after the break. This is Players Only. And we're back, the second quarter. Second quarter sponsored by our friends at U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. And we are back, second quarter of Players Only. Joe Mays, Sean Barber, and I am Danon Hughes. And the text line is open, 913-576-7610. And I do want to address a couple of these. The first one from the 660 Great to hear Sean Stradamus back on the show. Let me tell you out there in radio world, I am the first person to tag my name as Nostradanin. Sean Stradamus bit off of that, Joe. I'm telling you now, I'm first, I'll take a lie detector test. He bit off of my name. And now this guy at 660 is going to try to pump him up. Six six zero. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> well, look, I mean, this is the last week Sean Barry will be on the show, ladies and gentlemen. 
truth to power. Right yeah, now, Dana's showing his power. But we yeah. got to speak. The, the text line is, is, is speaking truth to power. They're letting them know, like, man, you can call yourself De- Danstradamus or anything. <laughs> Danstradamus. <laughs> all, all them names you want. They say, I, I believe there was a, there was a training camp when, when, when Pat Mahomes entered and Sean got on here with Carrington and was talking about Pat was going to have us scoring 35 a game. And they said, is Sean Barber smoking crack around here? Like 35 <laughs> points a game? That would make him one of the all one of the top three offenses ever. And he must what does he see at training camp? I was like, man, I'm just telling you what I see out there. And then it was like, he can't even start in front of Alex Smith. How are he gonna lead a team? T- uh, and then we did it. And then they said, like, man, you had it right. <laughs> that's what they said. That's because you can you can see you can see in the future. Sean Stradon no. <laughs> at that moment was born. Oh, oh yeah. goodness. And also from that six six zero number uh, for the LB. So Sean. Oh. And say, uh, Joe, you talked about not being able to pull out of a tackle a lot last year and how that's not always fair on, the, on the, uh, us defensive guys. With that in mind, was the hit on Sammy dirty in L.A. with, with Denzel Perriman? So I, w- I would say personally, because of the era of football me and you played in, I wouldn't know. I don't think we can classify as being dirty nah. because you didn't go after the man's knees. You didn't undercut him. But w- it was a little bit unnecessary because he was already wrapped yeah. up. He was – Eight tenths all the way down, knee on the <laughs> ground, about to go down. So putting that that shoulder and that that chicken wing into the back of his head just it caused some some long term damage. It took him out the game. And obviously, if you're trying to win the ball game, you're doing what you got to do. Um, again, the league didn't find him. So I guess according to the rules of the game, they would consider that a clean hit. Uh, yeah. And and one other thing that you didn't miss. So I don't know about you, but I know when I play and I'm running full speed to the ball, I'm not just about to run over there and stop. I'm not running to stop. I'm running over there with a purpose. That's yep. And, and if I and if I see a guy with the ball, you see ball, you get ball. And that was something that he did. He ran and he made and he went in and he made the tackle. And whenever you make a tackle, you try to you you, you try to establish dominance, yeah. especially being on the defensive side of the ball. So no, it wasn't dirty. I mean, you know, it just so happened Sammy paid for it because you know he he caught the concussion and he got and he got whacked a little bit in the head and the upper neck area. Um, but no, it wasn't dirty at all. I felt like it was. A I clean think hit. that's a great point, Joe, because what people don't realize, what fans may not realize, is just because you can see things in slow motion and freeze frame, and because the television broadcast and the announcers and DVRs or whatever can show you in a clip by clip, frame by frame, that is not realistic. And I often see, and I know you guys probably see it on social media. Oh, that was a dumb hit. I don't believe he was so stupid to make that hit. Do you realize how fast people don't realize how fast this game is and you go full speed towards a target and then within one step, that target is fully down while you've already almost launched into your position. Now, maybe the picture in on television doesn't seem like you were already in your motion to go in the tackle or you already in motion to go to cut block or doing whatever. But that's what's really happening on the field at full speed. That's the reason why there's a reason why those broadcasts do slow motion because they realize if they did it in full speed, it wouldn't look the same. No. So yeah, the critic, the criticism and all that, I understand it. I'm not saying people shouldn't, shouldn't be able to voice their opinions, but just understand that the number one factor in the game in the NFL is speed. And the speed of the game, regardless of how you see it on television, is totally different. It's almost like watching these baseball games in here. These guys are throwing 95, 96 miles an hour. 
it is different when you're in the batter's box. Absolutely. It is different standing in the batter's box against 95, 96 than when you're watching it on TV and seeing it go across the plate. And how, how does that guy miss that strike? Or how does he not swing at that pitch? Because it's 97 miles an hour and it's faster than what you think it is based on what your, your perspective and how you're seeing it. Yep. Well, yeah. yep. That's my uh, – I am Nostradanin. Sean, Sean Stradamus <laughs> is no longer – uh, uh, Just a call person. me barbershop. Yeah, barbershop. Yeah, I go to barbershop. You can have a name. Yeah. So I, so I got to come up. I got to get. I got to have some type of nickname. Y'all got to help me come up with that because I don't, I have no idea. I can't. Don't leave it up to me. I don't know because I trash talk. I, I is it is it yeah, me? Nah, I'll come up with you. all nah, the nah, unflattering. Nah, nah. Nah, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get with barbershop. I, on barbershop this one. knows. That's why he started uh, laughing. I'm gonna get, bar- get with Shastra Damas. <laughs> Not what, what, what was I'm name? the only what, offensive guy here was? too. Dana, 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 what you say, Dana uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Joe, Joe's still working out. Joe, like he can still play, man. So Joe might be like, man, Big Swole or something like. Oh yeah, like old Big Swole like, cool. come rolling around here. You know what I'm saying? I take that. Big Joe, Mighty Joe. Yeah, I take Mighty that. Mighty I take Joe. that too. <laughs> there we go. Well, guys, hey, there's a, obviously there's some craziness that we got going on here in the studio on a fun level, but on a different level, the COVID-19 effect. We've finally seen it hit the NFL in the form of maybe messing up y'all fantasy leagues out there and in the studio, but the Titans and the Steelers game is rescheduled. Uh, the pandemic, to me, is, is now starting to have an effect on this league. Now, I think, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. The NFL, I think, has done an outstanding job with getting us to the point where we have football each and every week, some stadiums starting to get more fans in, and so on. But I kind of wonder if there could have been a better structure early on. Like, I think, like I was talking with Barbershop earlier, I think the NFL should have factored in maybe a week 18 and a week 19 as two weeks just in case. Yeah. You know, just in case there's this situation with the Steelers and the Titans where instead of shuffling around the rest of the season or the schedule, bye weeks and so on and so forth, just flip that game to week 18 or flip that game, you know, and hope for the best at that point. You know what I mean? And I know that, you know, it's easier said than done, but, you know, there's so many different factors that go into it in regards to how this pandemic is is affecting us. It is. And, uh, you know, you, you can't take it to account, you know, having having a family, your family going outside and, 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 you know, going out and being in public and doing different things. Like, so kids are going to school now. And, you know, of course, you, you trust that these schools are cleaning and making sure everything is okay. But that's not going to stop them from getting sick if they were if they were going to if if it was going to happen. So, you know, in order for in, in, in order for that to happen, you, you pass it around and somehow, some way you get it. And, you know, stuff like that happens. I think, you know, when it comes to, you know, trying to keep these guys safe, trying to keep them healthy, you know, you have you, it, they should have had something where they created like this bubble, like the, like the NBA. And of course, it, it kind of looks funny, you know, and it kind of seemed weird having these guys stay in Walt Disney World, you know, the, the, the whole entire time that they were playing, but they stayed safe. And you didn't hear of too many, you know, mishaps. You didn't hear of guys getting sick. You didn't hear of them spreading anything around. Um, so if it, if they were really, truly, you know, taking care of the players or wanting to do something similar to what the NBA did, they could have created a bubble and just, you know, rented out an entire, you know, hotel for, you know, the rest of the season, have these guys stay there, go from there to practice field, go back, go from there to the game, yeah. go back, and, and have that type of – um, mentality and attitude to where you're going to keep these guys healthy and keep the game playing the way it's supposed to be played. Yeah, as, as a football, obviously going to the stadium to do what I have to do as far as uh, being a uniform official and stuff like that. 
Um, I got I mean, uniform police. Uniform. He tells him he tried to make it official. Uniform official. He is the uniform police. Oh, and so he got all, a whistle. All you fans out there that are listening, Sean Stradamus oh, is the guy that's on the sideline. That if your socks are too low, if your shirt is untucked, he goes and squeals on you to the effect that you might get fined a few thousand dollars because your uniform isn't. Up to protocol. Oh, I I love this is my rant session, Sean Shadamas. Oh, I got fined five thousand dollars back when I played because me. my shirt was untucked <laughs> and my sock was down. Meanwhile, I just got mauled on a couple of catches and some kickoff coverages. Like in the middle of the game, I'm thinking about where my socks are and where my shirt is. I'm just saying that won't me. <laughs> that was before my time, man. Like, like I'm just going out there doing my. It's a dirty job, but somebody got to do it. So I went ahead and volunteered, and you know, like uh, I got to go do my job on game day. I was trying to reference the protocol <laughs> that's in place, the, the the tracking, the tracing, the uh, the contact. Um, they they have the the tracers now on all the the, the fans' tickets to know who comes into what exits and entrances and what zones. I think it's ten different zones throughout the stadium and. You can't go from one zone to the other. So so once you get your ticket and go through a certain gate, you're kind of locked into that zone so they can um, try to try to acknowledge that, yes, there is a pandemic going on and, and we are trying to get back to some normalcy. And, and as a whole, the NFL, like you said, Dana, they could have probably, if they wanted to, press back the playoffs and Super Bowl and all those things back another month to allow them a four-week window that, that covers any kind of shenanigans that might have gone on with – teams catching this and being able to cancel these games and then adding those to the end of the uh, season. But then with that, you would have ran the risk of uh, some of the good teams being inactive for two or three weeks mm-hmm. before seeing the playoffs. So there's always a, a risk-reward, and I think the NFL looked at it because they had so much time um, in the summer to kind of look at all the different um, scenarios, and and they came up with the the, the, the best choice, the best option to, to go forward and move forward with football and allow guys to play at a, at, a, at, a, at a great level and try to keep everybody as safe and healthy as possible. Again, wear a mask, social distance, continue to wash your hands. Don't don't become lazy with these habits. Don't yeah. Because you don't have anybody sick in your family and you haven't had anybody sick for uh, since February and all that. Don't don't think that it's not there. It's a, yeah. it's a invisible. It's real. It's real. It's real. Um, yep. and, and, it, and it's out there. So just continue to be diligent in your habits. Um, of, of of being social distance, wearing your mask, and washing your hands. Thanks a lot, Barbershop. We appreciate that. Uh, or does, it, does that make you like the uh, Surgeon General too? Of, of <laughs> I knew he was going to say Surgeon so. General of the pandemic. Uh, so you you the you the snitch the, on the sideline, the tattletale, yeah, and yeah. tattletale on the sideline, and now you the Surgeon, Surgeon General, General. Hey, in, in the studio. He, wear, he six, wears six, many hats. Six ten. Don't y'all need to let Dana know we family. Right? <laughs> when you family, the listeners, the P one listeners out there, the the, the commentators, the the on here. I, I mean, I'm like a, I'm like a family member. If I know something, I want my brother and cousin. I want my mom and sister. I want everybody to know. I want everybody to be Joe, and living good. Bring out your violin. We appreciate that, Barbershop. It's halftime. <laughs> Players only. We'll be back right after this. We're gonna talk a little bit about how high school sports and colleges. We got college football in, in effect, and there's there's a little controversy that I think involves some high school kids as well. That I want I want to hear you guys' perspective. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio. Halftime's over. 
We got the orange slices. Yep. Some Gatorade. PB and J sandwiches. Yep. Got our protein back up. Some energy ready to go back out for the second half. You only drink G2? Yeah, you bougie like that. <laughs> Instead of the 660 ambassador and prognosticator. This must be like a best friend of yours on this. On this. They, they, they sent like three or four different po- texts and they all just pro barbershop. I mean... Dang, dog, like, Dang, what, what's this about? Hey, 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 hey. I ain't mad at it. I ain't mad at it. Oh, no, defense teaming up against the offense. He's tuning in. You know, he's tuning in. He's family. Yeah, he's a part of it. That's what family is. That's family, man. There we go. Hey, guys. We got players only. We're back in third quarter. Third quarter sponsored by our friends at U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. These guys teaming up on me in here, and that's okay. For everybody that's listening, we have a good time. I don't know if this fits into the boundaries and the structure of sports radio shows and all that, but I know we got a perspective, and we like to have a good time. That's why I like having these brothers in here. And uh, a lot of great things that are happening on the field, a lot of quality things that are happening off the field, and there's some things that are questionable as well. And we left out – in the second quarter of this show, talking about the pandemic. And uh, there's a perspective or there's a situation out there because of where we're at as a country with this pandemic that made it pretty unique and very tough on college kids, college athletes, and high school athletes on what they were going to do, how they were going to do it, choices they need to make in order to have an opportunity not a guarantee, but an opportunity at extending their athletic careers based on some of the decisions that school districts had to make across this country. And uh, I, I think about, we. I got a, a tweet earlier, I saw a tweet earlier, Arlen Bruce, I believe he's Arlen Bruce, Bruce the fourth. Uh, Arlen Bruce played for the Chiefs. Did he play when you were there? Uh, I don't no. think so. Nope. Uh, and he, I think he's younger than you, Barbershop, and definitely younger than me. He has a son that's going to University of Iowa, a wide receiver. He's in here in Kansas City, moved up to Iowa. Iowa was still playing football. He was ruled ineligible like an hour before the first game or minutes before the first game and had not been eligible until I just saw on Twitter that he's eligible now. Props to uh, the Iowa High School Association for getting it right now. But it, it, to me, it lended more to a topic that I, that I think we should discuss on this pandemic and the effect of kids around this country and, and maybe some of the decisions even into the college level. We just had the SEC playing for the first time this past weekend. The Big Ten and the Pac-12 will be coming later this month as well. But I just think it was a peculiar time, and I hate to see some of the rules that were still instituted and the hard line that – uh, school schools or, or or state associations were taking in regards to school kids' lives. Yeah, I mean, it's it's making it's making these guys really pick up and move. I mean, I just read another story about a guy who was committed to USC. Him, um, his uh, mom and his dad legally separated so they can move to Georgia so he can play. Yeah, just for him, just for them to rule him ineligible. And you know what, Joe? Here's the thing that I think, and uh, not to cut you off, I apologize, but here's what I think. During this pandemic, we've made some concessions in this country. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know my work at U.S. Bank, we're working from home. We're not allowed to go on branches. You've had to make some adjustments at the Leia Center and yep. how you do business. I mean, 
everybody's making adjustments. How hard would it have been for all of these associations, state associations to say it's free, it's almost like a free agency? Go where you think you can still enjoy your senior year because you only got one senior year as a high school athlete. You only got one opportunity to finish your, your sports career. For many, less than 1% will, will go to college. And the restrictions and, and ineligibilities and all that stuff yeah. just never made sense to me. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it would have been easy to allow these guys to go anywhere they wanted to go and play football, especially if they were going to go closer to the, the university to the university that, that they're going to attend. Um, but, you know, each state, they have different protocols that they have to live by. And, you know, you live by it, you die by it. Yeah. And there's no need and, you know, there's no way they were going to change it because of unforeseen circumstances, which, you know, COVID is. And, and you know, they put those type of things in contracts and in, uh, you know, different protocols and how they, how they make decisions when it comes to athletes and players and different things like that. So you, you kind of knew that it was going to be difficult for these guys to – you know, have the normal senior year, be a normal senior in, in high school. I know it's kind of tough, you know, not being able to play football your senior year, um, you know, especially when these guys already have scholarships in hand mm-hmm. and they are some of them already, you know, uh, they already uh, agreed to go to these different universities. But it's nothing like being a senior in high school. Like, yeah, you and know, you, you only got one time you, to you do it. You only got one time to do it. I mean, a lot of people don't necessarily think about that. But I remember being a senior. I enjoy going to prom. I enjoy yeah. going to homecoming. I enjoy doing all these things as a, as a senior. And now, you know, now my time come to where I can't enjoy that. And then it's completely washed. They cancel school. They cancel football. Yeah. So now you don't get a chance to enjoy, you know, the the fruits of your labor. Yeah, and, you, you and it's for. out of your control. It's not anything that you could have done any differently or yeah. any better. And then, oh by the way, I can pick up. I got a family member that lives in Illinois. The state of Illinois is still playing football, and I'm going to go live with them so I can go to high school, finish my senior year, play football. And then all of a sudden, Illinois says, "Oh, uh, you can't play. You're you're ineligible. You can't transfer for that reason." I can understand that in normal circumstances, but during a pandemic, I just feel like the rules should have been lifted. There should have been more empathy to that, and not just for football, but for all fall sports. Barbara? Pandemic, schmandemic. <laughs> I ain't buying into none of that. I mean, I'm going to be the, uh, let, me, let, me, let me be the academic, the academic, the academic. Show, the academic of the room. Uh, because I didn't play football until I was a, 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 a junior in high school. That was me too. I did not see oh, the need or the desire of, of going back my senior. If I had been like you, we say Arlen Bruce and already signed a a scholarship to the University of Richmond where I went to, and somebody they told got me, football. There you go again. Oh my Stop bad. Stop disrespecting the spouse. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. Hey man, they're gonna creep up on you later on tonight. <laughs> You are gonna wonder why are these spiders all around my car, man? We got like a yes, yeah, uh, yeah. Don't 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 do that again. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, as I you know, as I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted. Um, I got into football in eleventh grade. Um, I, if, if somebody told me, hey man, like you know, after my eleventh grade, you can go to the University of Richmond play football, and then something came up to prevent me from playing my senior year. I mean, I would have missed it, but I, I don't think there would have been any desire for me to move or go anyplace else. Um, because actually, I mean, I think football is a is a is a springboard to having your you know your education paid for at the next level. Um, and so, if I have a chance to use my athleticism and my skills to find a school that's willing to pay me a scholarship to go play football for four more years and enjoy my my you know college campus and everything like that, 
I guess I would have looked at me missing my senior year more as of avoiding a, a, a risk of injury. A business decision. I would have made a business decision. Yep. Exactly. I'm a yep. business-minded person, so yes, I would have made that business decision and said, uh, Hermitage High School, thank you for all your one-year blessings, but I'm going to sit out my senior year so I can stay healthy, and I'm going to train and be, the, be the, the best spider I can be in the next season. So, But obviously it worked out for, for Bruce. He's going to be able to play. Um, but I, I just think, I think states had to kind of stand by their ground. They didn't want to – a bunch of people moving and, and a bunch yeah, of free fall. yeah free fall eligibility stuff going on. So it was a hard call either way. Again, they made the call. They stood by it, and everything kind of seemed to work out for his best. What are you guys thinking about the college ranks? I mean, uh, the Big Ten, thank goodness. I'm a Big Ten guy, University of Iowa. Uh, they play football there? Yeah, they do. They really, really do. <laughs> I know about them Hawkeyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know Tighten you. You know about yeah. them, them Bison beating them Hawkeyes too? Uh, that was Ooh. what was that? That was a couple that was years on video back. Game? Couple years back. That was, no, that was, was a couple on... years back. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> I was. They was, was ranked. They was ranked top five too, and they got and they got smacked up. No, they were not. Bison, go Bison. Joe, I was on that. Yeah, I Bison think, are real. I give it to him. I think if we take Joe School versus my school and Dana School, he might have more wins against Iowa and Richmond than we have against them. I I, I think that might be true. That's how powerful that team has been in the last. That team is powerful, but decade. we beat them. We just beat them right before they beat us. No, you didn't. Yes, you we didn't did. beat us. <laughs> Every single Division One team we played, we beat. Yeah, Every they, they last lost one of Division One in like five, ten years. Yeah, we don't play around. Yeah, no. So anyway, back to the <laughs> <laughs> back to the topic at hand. <laughs> he beat Joe Lewis now. Nah. <laughs> but on the college level, we finally got football. I was fortunate enough to get to be on the call. Uh, the radio broadcast for the Georgia-Arkansas game last week. So that was the first uh, SEC game. And now we have college football. There's yeah. always, they're still kind of in your lane, what you're talking about, Barbershop. You know, you're darn if you do, you're darn if you don't. And in both sides, there's an argument. But we have college football back. Yeah. And, and I, I would say 90 days ago, maybe even 120 days ago, we wouldn't have thought we'd had any football, pro exactly. or college. And now we're starting to see that kind of trickle back in and we're getting all the Power Five conferences back in full effect just with an adjustment on the season. But it's good to see. But I, we know how difficult it is. We talked about the Titans and the pandemic and COVID and having to adjust the season. How difficult can you imagine? Can you imagine going back to college and then somebody telling you, here's the box that you guys have to live in, work in, do school in, eat in, in order for you to play football with a whole bunch of other co-eds that are out there and parties and friends and dorms and everything else. The, the, yeah, the things that make the college experience exactly what it is. I mean, you know what? I I couldn't imagine because I enjoy my time in college. I enjoy, you know, being able to get out and, and see different things. Fargo, North Dakota. Shout out to Fargo, North Dakota. Um, <laughs> but I think, uh, you know, it would have been extremely difficult to be in that box, but at the same time, I love the game of football. So nothing was going to pull me away from that. And you can see some of these guys, they made the business decision to sit out because they have these high they have high NFL grades. Yeah. So they don't need to go back and play football. I mean, I guess they don't really – it doesn't really pull at them as much as it pull at other guys who just have that true love for the game. Yeah, I, I'm going to stick with Joe because, I mean, I was in school for five years. I stayed for a fifth season. Um, every summer I worked out at the school. I took summer classes. Every time that everybody went away from beach week and all these party weeks, I stayed at the university and continued to work home my craft. I really, I mean, once I got to Richmond and understand I was under scholarship, um, I became obsessed with being the best football player I could be. Um, then I started having goals for the NFL, and I started chasing those goals. So 
I, I think everybody adjusts their uh, their vision and perspective, I guess, with the environment. And right now the environment is if you really want to pursue your football career and, and you want to be able to play football, then this is the new norm. This yeah. is what you have to do. This you have to stay masked up. You can't go out to social gatherings. You can't be around people um, who are exposing themselves to, 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 to COVID situations. If, if you do, you run the risk of bringing that back to the entire team yeah. and everybody will lose out on football. So it's just I think these kids have a lot more – um, weight to bear on their shoulders, yeah. and I kind of take my hat off to the the ones that are doing it the right way, and hopefully they can convince the, the other ones to kind of uh, like shape up a ship out. Yeah, I think what we're seeing is integrity being displayed by a bunch of 18, 19, 20, 21 year old kids, and then a bunch of 20 plus year old young men in the NFL having a lot of money in their pockets and all being and displaying a lot of discipline and integrity so that we are entertained on Saturdays and Sundays. And I think it's amazing. And Thursday nights and Monday nights as well. Well, we're done with the third quarter. We got the fourth quarter coming back, talking about the Patriots and the Chiefs and how this game is going to unfold. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio. Improve on that. But now with informed delivery notifications, you'll know when those important packages and letters are coming to your mailbox with an email every morning telling you what's on the way. It's the reliability of the United States Postal Service matched with the technology of today. It's time to get peace of mind. Sign up now for free at informeddelivery.com. Informed delivery. If it's in the mail, it's in your email. Catch Therese Paler with Fesco in the morning. Thursdays at 8.30, 610 Sports Radio. Fourth quarter in the house, players only, Barbershop, Sean Barber, Joe Mays, Mighty Joe, and I am Danon Hughes here with players only. We're in the fourth quarter, sponsored by our friends at U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. Well, we got a big game coming up. It seems like week after week, big game after big game, running mobile quarterback after running mobile quarterback, yep. and now we got but some would argue, could argue, one of the best to ever do it at that quarterback position. Dual threat, Cam Newton and the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick, and Chiefs going to have their hands full. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know what, big Cam, I mean, he's shown and proven himself to be uh, one of the best quarterbacks that played that played the, the game. I mean, especially during his time being in the NFL, and he has a chip on his shoulder. You know, he had a, he had a ton of teams pass on him. He was a free agent for a long time, and of course, he's not—he's not necessarily playing as well as he wants to. But with that chip on your shoulder, it stays there, so it's gonna always, you know, it's gonna always give you that fire that you need in in, in order to go out there and win games. And he's stepping into, you know, coming to play the Chiefs, the best team in the NFL. That's when you want to—that's when you want to show your best. And I believe that's what he's gonna come and bring. He's gonna come and bring his best. I mean, he's coming with Belichick. I mean, yep. You know, you, you can't you can't you can't downplay the Patriots just because Brady isn't there. It's just a new look, new look, same style. Uh, you know that beat 'em up style. I'm going to grind you out. I'm going to be smarter than you, um, and I'm going to make those much needed um, uh, changes that I need to make in order for me to to get the upper hand. Like Belichick, he doesn't wait to to you know have time to make his changes. He makes his changes right there on the sideline during the game. And that's something that it, you know it, it's been showing up pretty pretty well for the team so far. They're pretty much a couple yards away from being a three and zero team. So they're going to come in. They're going to try to run the ball since they are one of the top rushing uh, teams in the NFL, and they also average about four hundred or so yards a game. So they're going to come in. They're going to they're going to 
you know, they're going to come in and run the ball. They're going to come in and get their yardage, and they're going to play hard on defense. And uh, we just have to be up for the task, not necessarily be up for the task, but we have to make them play to our style. We have to make them play at our speed, and I think the Chiefs are great at doing that. Look at that, Coach Joe. Coach Joe getting everybody ready, hyped on a Thursday <laughs> night for a Sunday evening football matchup against the New England Patriots. Coach Joe getting the team ready. Oh, you already know. Uh, but no, man, I think, like we say, it breaks down to three different phases. And I think if anybody who's played this game or anybody who's watched this game understands, it, it's, not a, it's not a combination of, of, of different guys' talents and skills on paper that wins ball games. It's how those skills display themselves on the field on this day, on this Sunday. And it comes with hard practice. It's hard with playing uh, penalty-free, playing smart, tough football, understanding game situations. There's going to be some ebbs and flows. You can't expect uh, the, the Chiefs to get out to a 21-point lead just because they did it against the Patriots, I mean, against the Ravens. Um, Bill Belichick is going gonna, is gonna to take away some of our uh, better players and make other guys win the ball game. So you're going you're gonna to expect – um, if, if, if I would say our offense is going to have to rely on uh, Edward uh, Hilaire, um, we're going to have to in, in, uh, rely on our running backs because I think he's going to try to affect Pat Mahomes and drop eight if he needs to in the coverage, make us keep changing the play to running plays, changing the play to running plays, see if, you know, if, if he can keep Pat down to under, let's say, 10 to 15 passing attempts in a half. Yeah. And I know that's, you know, you always say, well, hey, well, you know, offense, you can call whatever play you want to. But every, every play has a tag. Every play is, if, if the box doesn't look right, if they only have uh, six guys in the box, then you check to a run. Uh, you yeah. check to a jet screen. You check to something uh, where you're not attacking down the line of scrimmage, uh, down vertically down the field. And so I believe that Belichick is going to do something, like we said, that the Ravens wouldn't. The Ravens wouldn't step out of their comfort zone. They, they wouldn't step out of who they were to try to beat the Chiefs. I think Belichick will do Anything and everything on a defensive side, even just put three defensive linemen, have eight guys off the ball, and make us consistently check to a running game to just keep the possessions to a minimum, to let it be a one-possession game late in the game. Basically, if we get the ball last, we win. Yeah. That kind of mentality. Yeah. Because if you try to get into a scoring match with Pat Mahomes, that's 90% of the time you're going to end up losing that match. Um, and with us having a couple of struggles in the, in the kickoff, uh, field goal, you know, game right now. That might be something where he sees a little a chink in the armor. He might want to attack our field goal rush team, our punt team, our punt return, kickoff return. He might want to think that special teams is a way they can attack and uh, kind of get a one leg up on us. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at those two ways as is trying to take trying to take advantage of the game. You know, one one other thing that we haven't really talked about was time of possession. And I know, uh, you know, so far this season, I haven't really played too much of a role. But I think when you're playing in these type of games where you're playing the top team in the NFL and you see the things that they can do on offense, I want to keep the offense off the field. Mm -hmm. It's not a, it's not always about defending defending them the best way possible. It's about keeping them off the field. So they, I mean, you keep them off the field, they can't score yep. unless they score on defense. Yeah. So I think that's that's another another uh, thing that Belichick is thinking about, thinking about running the ball, thinking about holding on to the ball and trying to keep the, the, uh, keep Mahomes on the sideline. Yeah, I think I think you guys are hitting the nail on the head. We're looking at the text line, 913, Pats can't keep up with KC speed offense. Nobody can keep up with the KC speed offense. Uh, what did the Chiefs say is a question. What did the Chiefs have to do this week in order to control the time of possession kind of goes in with what you're saying, mm -hmm. uh, limit scoring opportunities by the Patriots. I think the limiting scoring opportunities by the Patriots is going to be stopping their run game. Yep. They're going to try to run the ball. The best defense that we've seen in the last 
almost three years now uh, against Patrick Mahomes, and this offense is an offense that runs the ball. Run the ball, keep the ball out of their hands. You look at the Colts last year. You look at the Texans in the first game last year. It was time of possession. They ran the ball effectively, kept the ball out of the hands of Patrick Mahomes. The Tennessee Titans did the same thing. That's what works against this team. So we have to recognize that. Bill Belichick, as, as you talked about, Barbershop, he came into the league as a special teams coach. He's got a great special teams player, Matthew Slater, on their side, all pro, many, many years. He's got three, one of the only teams in the NFL that has three guys active on Sundays or for, every, for game day that are just there for special teams. That tells you about the emphasis of special teams that he, he puts forth. This team is good. We're better, and we're at home. And when I reference something back that I said earlier in the first quarter, it is very, very tough, and now people are realizing, especially the guys in the red jerseys, are realizing how tough it is to play with nobody in the stands. And they, they, they even talked about, after the Chargers game, Tyreek Hill, a couple of the linemen talked about how weird it was and how it took them a while to get going. Mm -hmm. They were able to rectify that against the Ravens. Now they get to come home for two games, starting with this game where they'll have 17,000 fans that'll be screaming and yelling for them. This is more of their environment. I expect this Chiefs team to win this game, but it's going to be tough. Yes, they've been able to put up 30 points plus against Bill Belichick and their defense. I've seen a 9-1-3 Mahomes averages 30-plus points against this Chiefs. The, uh, the genius defense of Bill Belichick. This is a different team. This is a different year. And again, Bill Belichick has been one of the greatest, if not the greatest, at making game adjustments during the game. Not just halftime, not just the penalties, protect the quarterback against the Ravens, zero sacks. Got to have the same effect here. And utilize this offense and the creativity that we've seen and allow those kids to have fun. And I think we'll be in a great situation. Well, I know from a pass rush defensive standpoint, one thing that Belichick does very uniquely is that he does not rush Pat Mahomes as a normal speed rusher does. He tries to puncture the pocket. It's not about running around the edge, trying to come around, strip Pat Mahomes. It's taking one, two hard steps upfield and then ripping inside to try to puncture the pocket because he knows that Pat loves to keep his eyes downfield and wants to step up into the pocket. If you puncture the pocket, you still get a hit on the quarterback, even once he releases it. And so I think that's that technique that the Patriots have used in the past. They'll probably still try to use it this week. Great points. Great to see y'all. Barbershop Sean Barber. <laughs> Mighty Joe Mays. And I'm Danon Hughes on Twitter at DAHughesGuy83. Hit me up. Players only. Down for another week. Hopefully coming back for another Chiefs victory. Come back with us next Thursday. Peace. Go Chiefs. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.